Hey there, Tyson Sharp here. And if you've noticed yourself going down the spiral of hard work and hustle and you're no longer receiving the results that you want, this is the episode where it gives you the opportunity to inject some playfulness, some creativity, some flow, and some effortless action into your business success. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp, and if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income. But every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my online family. Welcome back to another episode of the Awaken Your Business podcast. I have Mary Hyatt here. I've been stalking her online for a while now and just briefing up on, uh, on this interview. And it's been, it's been awesome to get to learn a bit more about her. And I know this conversation is going to be amazing because I've been talking to a lot of you lately. And one of the main patterns that comes up is one around this striving, this hustle, this need to make this happen, this planning. And if it doesn't turn out, then I get angry and frustrated and think, what the hell's wrong with my life? And so I was just talking to Mary here. One thing that I'd love to dive into is how to bring more of this feminine energy into creating the life that we want. And when a lot of us sit intuitively in meditation, we know this is what we need to integrate because if there's always that striving, that hard work, that, that push towards something, we can also feel that there's something else within us. that's also either lying dormant that needs to be introduced or something that's missing that needs to be introduced as well. So the feminine energy and more of this creation, bringing in more of this lightness, this, this playfulness, this aspect of feeling for God's sake is, is where all this can go to the next level. So Mary, first of all, welcome. How are you doing? Hey, hey, I am doing phenomenal. I am so excited to be here. And this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So I cannot wait to dive in. Beautiful. And just off the back of being with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, all the way oh. in Mexico and, uh, and just on a high and re- oh. ready, to, ready to share the insights that are flowing through you, hey? Oh my God. Let me just tell you, if you ever get a chance to go work with Dr. Joe Dispenza, do it. I mean, obviously read his books, do his meditations, all of that, but it was next level being in person with him. There were about 1300 of us doing about six or seven hours of meditation a day. And I'm not entirely sure I'm totally back to earth yet. I think I may have gotten stuck in the quantum and 5D. So (laughs) I will like really try to bring everything back down to this 3D reality, but it was so powerful and talk about accessing the divine, the feminine, the just, oh, all of that beautiful heart energy. And so I'm excited we're talking about this because I feel like I understand it on such a deeper level now, having just experience that in such an immersion um 
yeah, experience is incredible. Yeah. For those, for those who are, can feel themselves stuck in this, in this 3d world where they're attached to certain outcomes, they're attached to certain results and they feel like they need to achieve something in order to feel how they want inside. What would you say from this six day experience, what would you say your main takeaways for the, the, for the person who feels themselves in those patterns? Yeah. Well, I want to give a little bit of a backstory because so my dad is the best-selling author on goal setting and leadership. So from a very early age, I've been steeped in kind of the corporate world of goal setting and intention setting and making a plan, getting really very clear on exactly what you want to achieve, following it very linearly, like step by step and a lot of effort, a lot of energy output, a lot of that hustle, grind energy to have the life that you want. So that's kind of my background, very masculine, very 3D in the sense of cause and effect. And I think what was my, one of my biggest takeaways was that while that does work, like I think that most of us can attest to, hey, I've thought about something I wanted to create. I put in the hard work, sweat equity, elbow grease, and I ended up getting this, this, some kind of a result that I was after. But what's fascinating about that is usually that destination is not what we thought it was going to be. Like we end up in this place where we go, really, that's it. Like, I thought I was going to get this euphoria. I thought I was going to get this high. I thought I was going to get this surge of, of ecstasy and I didn't. And so then we end up on this hamster wheel of this destination addiction, trying to achieve more and more and more, hopefully so that we can feel a certain way. So what I took away from the retreat, and I've been doing this work for a while, but sitting in it for hours on, it, on end, um, was that we can experience that destination, that feeling that we're after right here, right now. So like, if I want to, if I think like becoming a New York times bestselling author is going to give me a sense of security, once I achieve that thing, I can actually learn how to feel security now way well in advance of that ever happening. And so that's kind of the first thing is that we can experience the result that we're after right now. And that secondly, there's a much quicker way to get to that end result that doesn't include a long time, that doesn't include um, kind of moving our bodies through density and through matter, that we can actually, through kind of accessing the quantum higher field and, and moving our consciousness and raising it to a higher frequency, that we can produce things much, much, much quicker. When we go into... And I, I'm like trying to figure out how to say this in like a, like a, a way that, you know, wouldn't take you six days to understand it. Um, but basically we can, through meditation, access unlimited potential, unlimited opportunity for ourselves that we typically wouldn't see when we're just going through the mundane everyday motions. There, there's a more intelligent way to get at what we want and we can manifest by energy rather than manifesting by effort. And so it's actually a lot easier in that sense than we think. Great. I yeah. love that. That's setting up the tone of this conversation for sure. Um, 
which is amazing. I'd love to hear a bit more about your story, especially if, you know, if your father's this expert in the 3D hardware castle, clearly this has been yeah. set up for you to just evolve through that as well. Give us a bit of your backstory in terms of how you shifted through that, how you get to do what, what you're doing now. And obviously, and obviously coaching so many professional women and you have your own online, uh, online community and all these sort of different things. How did you get into all of this? What was that sort of process like? You know, I think anyone who does this work has this moment of crisis typically where they're come apart, their undoing ends up being the kind of medicine that they offer the world. And so for me, if you were to rewind the clock like eight to 12 years ago, you would have met a very different Mary. And I was in a position where I got married really young. So I'm from the South in the United States, from Tennessee. And the expectation is that you get married young, you have babies and you are a good housewife and kind of, you know, support your husband and raise your children. And that's sort of the, the purpose of your life. And so I was well on track for that and got married at 20 and through a kind of a traumatic experience of becoming a caretaker of my nephew who was diagnosed with neuroblastoma at the age of two, I found myself at 20 years old, navigating a new marriage, navigating a dying child that I was in care of and having no life experience, having not a lot of wisdom to pull from and was in actually a very strange relationship with my family. And so it was very isolated, very alone and ended up processing that trauma and coping through that in a way that at the time, I mean, I have such compassion for myself then. I didn't know any different, but I used all kinds of things to cope through that and ended up developing a lot of issues, health conditions, um, endometriosis. I had crippling anxiety and depression, suicidal thoughts, and gained about 80 pounds um, in a short period of time, about a two-year period of time going through a lot of this trauma. And lived that way for, for many years, like totally sleepwalking through life, totally checked out, really unhappy and miserable. And this was a far cry from how I had grown up. Like I said, my dad was sort of in the self-help, um, self-development realm of the world. So this was like so far from what I knew to be true. And yet I had just completely lost myself. So my crisis of going through all of that ended up being in the long run, such a gift of awakening where I had that, as we call in the South, like a come to Jesus moment where I had to decide, like, am I going to continue on this road and live a life that was a lie to my authentic self, to be quieted, to play small, all of those things, or was I going to choose to fight for life, to somehow figure out bravely what it meant to be in alignment with who I truly was? And I didn't really know what any of that meant at the time, but I knew that my soul was drawing me into something different, was drawing me back into the light. And so I started this journey that was the beginning of all of the work that I get to do now with my own clients 
And it was this process of self-discovery and through reading books and hiring my own coach and working with therapists and going all over the world, kind of truth seeking with shamans and, and teachers and healers, finding my own way through back to my true identity, my true essence, my true soul. And so what was my crisis really now is, is the gift that I get to give the world and I get to do this work full time. So it, it was birthed out of just heartbreak and it, and it broke me wide open inevitably. Wow. Do you see the, the families and the wives in your community now and are they what, what allowed you to sort of break away from that pattern? Most people would think, oh, I have these dreams and I have these things that I want to do that feel more exciting, but they don't necessarily, they can't pull away or separate themselves from the culture that's around them. Uh, is the culture still the same where you, where you live? Uh, and if so, and or, what, what was it about breaking away from that that allowed you to do it? You know, I consider it, first of all, very brave. I think for anyone who go, goes against the tide, it is really brave and it feels certainly in it incredibly risky. And I think that there's this sense though of a longing, like a soul longing, a heart longing that for me, it wouldn't leave me alone. It was like, it had a higher agenda than what I thought my life was going to be. And I couldn't ignore it any longer. And it required that I, that I moved from unconsciousness to consciousness. And I think that for a lot of people in the South, I mean, I think, I think there's a couple of things that are shifting for sure. Like there's beautiful communities here now of people that women's partic particularly that are doing really beautiful healing work and who have a higher level of consciousness towards all of this uh, soul alignment. Um, but there are a lot of women who are following the prescribed sort of set plan. Now, I wouldn't even say that that's entirely wrong for all people. I think for some people, that path is really fulfilling. Like I know several of my friends who are mothers who couldn't be happier getting to spend their life devoted to their children. I think that is an incredible calling. And so I think that it's not a one size fits all, but I think that there is for a lot of us a stirring that is calling us forward to something bigger and different than what we thought it was going to be. And I think for, for those women and for men as well, I think that there's a willingness that the risk is worse fighting for that the reward on the other side. It's like, I knew intuitively talk about tapping into the feminine. Like I knew now I'd never been on the other side, like of what this looked like. No one in my family had gone on this path. I was certainly the weird one. I was a black sheep. My family was worried about me. They were praying for me. And, you know, I, I lost a lot of friendships in the process of this, but I knew intuitively that on the other side, that it was going to be so worth it. Like it was like, whatever this is, this journey, this process, this undoing, this kind of Phoenix rising moment, I knew that I couldn't ignore it. I knew that if I quieted that inside of me, that it would follow me the rest of my life. And that I, I was pretty convinced that I would never get away from it. Like it would just keep coming back and inviting me into this 
process over and over and over again. And I think I finally had that moment of surrender that I think a lot of people have. It was like, okay, I'm here. I'm here in service of whatever my soul is asking of me. And I'm willing to take the risk because I can believe, even if I don't know exactly what it is, I can believe that it's better on the other side. Uh, I love that more, more and more people are listening to that, listening to that calling that's inside them, knowing, like you said, that's not going away. Right. No matter how many times you distract yourself, no matter how many times you, you push it down, there's something that's here for us to learn and grow through so that we have more to give and that we have something that is our calling. Now that may be yeah. like your calling may be the most amazing parent and the most amazing mom, you know, if that's your soul's calling, that's your soul's calling. It may be go out there and change this change, you know, for this certain, uh, you know, challenge in the world to do with poverty or to do with, you know, make sure everyone has enough water, all those different things. People have a calling for that. People have a calling to save the rainforest, whatever it is. Some others, yeah. like many listeners to this podcast, have this gift inside them that they want to get out into the world, right? That they truly just want to build their own business, expand their reach and impact more lives. And they feel called to do that. And that's, right. that's not going away, right? Anytime soon. And yeah. it's just, it'll keep coming back uh, if we push it down. But what you've seen to do is seem to say, okay, I, I noticed it's going to come back. I noticed it's going to be challenging moving through it, but you can feel intuitively that there's always something on the other side. There's always going to be, it's always going to be worth it because you're going to be building on something that you'll carry with you for the rest of, of your life. How did you, how did you tap into that trust? Was that trust there? Did you do something in particular to, follow that trust? What was, the, what was that like? Cause it's pretty rare for someone to have that trust and then just go with it. Right. You know, one of the things that I did a lot of during that time, I still practice this now, but I was doing a lot of journaling and, you know, it felt like I was in this battle between my old self, my limited view of myself, the part that said, you know, who do you think you are to do this? Like, you're crazy. No one's going to get what you're talking about. Um, this doesn't make sense or you're not strong enough to, to do this or you're just kidding yourself, whatever. It was like that, that imposter syndrome was so strong in me. Plus I was dealing with so much anxiety at the time that I thought there's no way that I could go out and have a business for myself or do any of these things. I can barely get out of the house. So that was one side of the shoulder that was kind of reminding me of my limitations, reminding me how not worth the effort I was, how much I was not enough. And then thank God I had this like higher voice and it's not like, you know, the good and the bad angel. It was different than that. It was like, you know, on this side that was telling me about my limitations, this was the programmed self, the one that had been told all of these things, the one that had been um, brainwashed kind of, you know, from church, from society, all of these limitations of, of being a woman that I had taken on as truth. And then I had this part of me that was my essential self, my true self, my, my soul's voice. And that voice was saying, you are enough. You are lovable just because you breathe. You know, you are worthy of this pursuit. You are, you are worthy of playing big for, at the time, it was just like 
being honest. I was worthy of being honest at the fact that I wasn't happy, that I was inside of a marriage that was not life-giving to me. The fact that I was grieving, the fact that I was hurting, like to me, to be able to be radically honest was a huge step in that journey. And it started with pen to paper because I couldn't voice it out loud. Like I couldn't utter the words that I was unhappy, that I didn't want to be married, that I wished that my life looked differently. But the journal was the, was the one area in my life that I could be honest. And I'll tell you what, like I literally had that sucker in a box with a lock and key. Cause I was terrified that somebody would find my journal, particularly my husband at the time. I was terrified that somebody would read this or if I were to die like unexpectedly and somebody were to read my words after the fact and, and go, Oh my God, like, you know, she was so unhappy and it just would have been so exposing. So those words, the beginning felt so precious and I guarded them. I protected them with everything that I had until I started to build up that courage of using my voice little by little. And I think sometimes we think that coming into our truest self or living in total alignment with who we really are is this like one magical moment. And in reality, it's like all these tiny, tiny, tiny little decisions, all these tiny ways that we speak up or we have a preference or we um, disagree or whatever it is. And so for me, I think that trust in this unforeseen future, knowing it was going to be better than what I had was like cultivating that honesty first so that then I could say, what if I started getting curious, like what if there was more on the other side? What if I had a life that looked like X, Y, Z? What if, what if, and I started cracking open the door that started to open up myself to new possibilities, to a whole infinite kind of future that felt brighter, that felt more free, that felt more liberated. And so I think the trust was, okay, I, I, I could hear my soul speak. And as I wrote in, on paper, as I became more honest, all of a sudden I was like, okay, nothing bad is happening. Like, okay, what if, what if? And I, and I chose to put my money down on that bet. And I'm so glad that I did. Wow. Totally. The, the fact that you're able to feel, I can imagine just feeling so much freedom and light when you feel the truth that you are worthy just because you're breathing, right? A lot yeah. of people have the worthiness because they have a certain amount of Instagram followers or they feel they'll feel worthy when they receive, they get a certain bank, you know, bank figure in, in the bank or they, or they are able to publish this podcast or this video with a certain amount of views, right? Then I'll feel worthy. Yeah. It's, it really is a, a daily thing where you sit there and recognize who and what you are is so much more than what you can achieve. And yeah. that worthiness is the byproduct, the worthiness feeling like I'm worthy because I'm here, I am breathing and I'm, I'm, I, I exist, you know? And yeah. so I want to dive our- in. I'll go for it. No, I was just going to say, it's like, to me, our worthiness is a fact. 
of the nature of who we are that's not open for negotiation. Mm -hmm. And I think that once I got to that understanding that like, oh, this isn't debatable. Like it's not based on anything external happening or not happening, that that is something that I will hold with me and have forever. Like I, I am, I will never lose love and I will never earn love. Like either side to me, I think it's so important to remember that I can't earn love and I can't lose love. And when you have that as your core truth, it, it gives you so much courage. I mean, it gives you just so much um, umph for life of knowing like, I can't screw this up. Like my lovability, my worthiness, my enoughness is not, is not on the line. And that is to me, the ultimate freedom. Yeah. So cool. What do you think the, yeah. the biggest challenges for people when they're, when they're in the 3D, they're in this world of, I need to achieve that to feel worthy. I need to achieve that to feel enough. I think when I get this certain amount of, uh, you know, certain amount of, of, of dollars in the bank account, then I'll feel freedom. What do you think the challenge is there? Why do you think so many people fit in that, in that realm, in the 3D and, you know, trying to achieve their goals through matter and mm -hmm. doing it from an energy of masculine? Where, why do you think that is? And where do you think, where do you think the challenge lies there? Well, I was going to say that, yes, it, it's very masculine. That concept that we've been taught from inception of, you know, our, all hard work leads to profit. I mean, that was like one of those phrases that I remember growing up, like the more you work, the more you get. Um, there's this tie and relationship between effort and result. And we're taught this by scientists. We're taught this by church leaders. We're taught this by community leaders. And so we have this idea that if, that if you really want something in life, you got to go after it with the, you know, tenacious energy of a lion stalking its prey. You know, you just don't ever lose your focus and you go after it. That's a very masculine energy. But I think if we were to peel back the layers of the onion and go, where, where is the inception of this? Like, where does this come from? Where does this start? And for me, the foundational belief that breeds this kind of understanding is the flawed concept that we are broken. So when we ourselves believe that something is inherently wrong with us, that we are sinful, that we are damaged goods, that we are from inception, like damaged goods, not, not good enough. Something is wrong with us. Something is flawed. Then all of a sudden our life becomes about earning approval and love. Whereas if you start from the baseline that you are whole, that you are perfect, that you are precious, that you are goodness, that you are a blessing, all of a sudden, life is about remembering that truth, not chasing our lovability. Because there's when, when you have that belief, there's no chasing because it's you didn't ever lose it. You just forgot it. And so the way that I was raised was this belief that I had to make up for the fact that something was wrong with me. So as long as I worked hard enough, if I became smart enough, connected enough, if I achieved enough, made enough money, then I would be 
somebody worth knowing. Then I would be somebody that people would talk about, you know, I would get so many likes, I would get so many follows. And all of a sudden it was like stacking on my ego, all this external proof that, Hey, I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. When in reality, I never wasn't worthy in the first place. And so it's almost to me, like we've built ourselves our whole lives on this, on this flawed concept that we're broken to begin with. So to me, the feminine is bringing in this gentleness into the equation, like this, this understanding, this knowing, this like sixth sense that we have access to the divine in a way that creates a sense of oneness, that creates a sense of wholeness, that creates a sense of connectedness. Like the women were the ones who brought together the tribe. The women were the one who would come together in ceremony and change the energy, you know, of the world. And it was not as a singular woman, it was together inside of community. And so I think there's a lot to be learned in that from women. If we look back throughout history of, of the way in which, um, women kind of before patriarchy, like how we operated in a more tribal sense, it, it, it came from the, the group is better than the whole. And each person in that group is uniquely created in a way that adds to, and nobody's, you know, measuring, nobody's trying to compare or be better. There's no competition. It's, it's beautiful. And that to me is the feminine. So the, the, the masculine is the lie in a lot of ways, even though that's a beautiful energy and we have to access that the false masculine that we've been given in our society to me is such a detriment to our identity at the end of the day. Mm. And how can we, how can people who are sitting here listening to this really apply that when they realizing, okay, uh, there's both masculine and feminine energies in me, right? Yep. And if I have this, if I can bring this gentleness or this trust or this side of me that has a connection to spirit, to oneness and it's, it's, it's less about competition, more about cooperation, more about collaboration and having this energy of adding to, as you describe, how can someone apply that in their life when they're in a situation where they're just like building their business, they're not gaining momentum, they're not gaining uh, the traction that they want to see, they're worried about money, all those different things. How can they apply more of the feminine, more of this internal energy into, into their life? And how does that lead to the success that they want to see? Yeah. I can think of a couple great practical ways that men and women can both do that. Cause like you mentioned, we, all of us have masculine and feminine energy and, and a lot of us lean heavily on one more than the other. But the truth is, is that they're both really valuable and necessary to have all the time. But typically the feminine is less developed in men for sure, but also for women. I think we have a real false sense of what true femininity is because it's not staying quiet. It's not being timid. It's not being weak. It's not being, um, you know, playing small. I mean, female energy 
you know, if you think about the correlation of feminine energy to the moon, as opposed to masculine related to the sun, if you think about the qualities of the moon, it can move the tides of the ocean. I mean, the, the, the moon energy is so powerful. If you think about the element of water, and that also is, is sort of the feminine element, how it transmutes, how it transforms, how it can be a tidal wave, a hurricane, how it can be a beautiful um, placid lake, how it can be ice, how it can be steam. I mean, it takes on all these beautiful different forms. And so to me, when we can tap into our intuition, to some of those soft skills, some of those more empathetic skills, that emotional intelligence, that is when we become a much more well-rounded person. And so for me, the opposite would be like moving through your day, cranking it out, working from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., not taking breaks, not moving your body, not nourishing yourself well, not resting well, and it leads to exhaustion, it leads to burnout, it leads to just feeling like you're never going to get off that hamster wheel and bringing in the feminine is being willing to slow down and first and foremost, go up before we go out where we, when we slow down and connect with our higher self, God, the divine, the universe, whatever you want to call it. When we can connect with that, opening our hearts, expanding our heart to connect inwards before then we go out into our day, before we go linear, linear and execute, the feminine goes up. It's like choosing to receive the download and the information from our higher self. It's being intuitive. It's having that sixth sense. It's, it's having that knowing, that gut knowing, rather than just operating by, blindly and going through the motions, it's informed. It, it is connected to wisdom. It is connected to the, the, the higher mind. And so for me, that starts with meditation. That starts every day with taking a moment to check in. And I'll do that, you know, for 20 minutes up to an hour every morning. And my kind of philosophy is if I can't take 20 minutes to go in and connect up, my whole day is going to be off. Like I, I am worth that 20 minutes. I am worth that hour to slow down and check in. How am I feeling? What is it that I need? Where am I feeling depleted? Using my breath to give my cells and my physical body, my immune system, some energy, bringing in that life force energy, taking a moment to get quiet, taking a moment to think about my future, what I want to create rather than being reactive how I want to choose my thoughts for my future self, how I want to choose my emotions as my future self, and ultimately receive any messages, blessings, downloads from the divine that I can, that I can take with me throughout my day. So to me, that's anchoring. Like that feminine approach of tapping in and going up is the anchor to my day. I'm more informed through the day. I'm more empathetic through the day. I can see things that I wouldn't have seen if I just started out the gate. So it's, it's a higher mind ultimately. And you pair that with energy and effort and all the things that we love the masculine for execution. Oh my gosh. It's like the best of both worlds at that point. Mm. And I'm sure people can start to see now why that is the case when we're sort of expanding. It's like it, 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 it can be in our expansion when we're 
learning to work on hard work and hustle because it in we that side of us needed to be developed now that side is through culture is now overdeveloped and it's in a it's in a state of of you know this this wounded masculine where that's now your go-to and the warriors out there fighting and not even remembering why it's fighting in the first place right um yeah returning to the feminine for you is sitting in meditation and, and going up before you go out. So you get to tap into something that would allow you to be more whole. And I'm sure people listening now can sort of start to realize how achievement and your success will be a byproduct of that will be a, a byproduct of receiving the downloads, the intuition, the deeper wisdom that you're mentioning, because then your whole yeah. day changes. And then, well, and I think too, so it seems like the masculine sort of is now more directed. Is that right? Yeah, totally. And I, you know, I was just going to say that I think what's so powerful in meditation is that the, the, the false idea is that when we get to the destination, it gives us all the things that we're craving, joy, happiness, abundance, fulfillment, um, passion, whatever. But the way that I approach my day, and this is a very feminine approach is, and, and the meditative kind of um, opportunity is to have a moment to connect back with life, to connect back with being in love for life so that I practice joy. I practice gratitude. I practice fulfillment. I practice abundance. I practice happiness right here, right now. So that I can train my body, what it feels like ahead of time, and that it's ultimately not dependent at all on my external circumstances. Like I want to know that I can feel joyful right here, right now, even if I don't hit a million dollars this year. Like even if that never happens this year or, or seven figures or whatever it is, it's your goal. Like I want to know that I can cultivate that within myself, that it's not dependent upon anything happening on the external, that would just be like bonus. That would just be icing on the cake. But I love the idea of slowing down to enter into all of that in the present moment, enter into all of, all of the emotional payoff and reward that we're after, that I can actually have that now. And then if you have all of that and you remember your wholeness, the decisions you make are going to be so different than if you feel so desperate to get to that place. And you think the only way to get there is if you work harder, like all of a sudden I'm more generous. I can spend more time with people. I can take some of that weight and pressure and stress off of myself because everything that I think I'm after, I, I know that I can experience it right now. And so it's not so attached or clinging to or desperate energy, or I've got to hustle and grind. It's like, no, 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 the, the power is in the present. And so that to me is like the liberation of it all is that we become more available to what's here right now to serve, to love. It's like we fill up our tank so that then we can go love and bless others. That to me is the ultimate reward is that contribution. And uh, from what I've seen, from the people in my community, the people that I've coached is for those who are locked in a masculine pattern an overdeveloped masculine pattern, they can get into the belief. Like if I get into the present now and I 
feel gratitude and I feel love and I feel all the emotions that I think the achievement's going to get, then I'm going to lose my drive. Right. Right. But what you're saying is that once you fill up, you, you still have a, a drive to contribute. It's just not, it's now no longer coming from a, a place of, I need to make this happen to feel enough. It's now like, I want to contribute and make a difference because I feel enough and it's overflowing. And, totally. and people can and feel it's that. Fun. And like, I always tell people, I love making money. Like I am an achiever. I, I really enjoy all of that. You know, like everything that, that money can buy, I, I just love. Okay. So like, I am totally in my humanness with that. And so for me now though, that I feel already whole, know my wholeness and fill up with love every day, then it becomes this like giant experiment of how good can life get? Like how fun can it be? And I have an incredibly high drive. You know, the, the, the women that I work with are high achieving women, six, seven figure income earners, and they love life. And in response to their love for life, life loves them back. And the reality is, is that most of my clients are working a lot less than they were before. They are more fulfilled. They have a bigger impact than they ever had. And that, it, that there's an element of fun. There's an element of play that, that comes back. It's not so stressful. It's not so overwhelming. It's like, man, let's go out and experiment, see how good life can be, knowing that the energy I could cultivate inside of myself is the energy that I'm pulling in. It's that, that, that magnet kind of energy, what I put out comes back to me. And so it, to me, it's like, you'll have a drive. It's just going to look so much different and you'll probably achieve way more than you ever thought you could. Mm. And another way that we could probably describe that is you'll, you'll still have the drive. It'll just be a pull rather than a push. I find that a lot of people yeah, pushing, good. right? A lot of people pushing rather than feeling this calling, this calling of their heart. They're like, like what you described. You're like, I feel like this is a, a calling. I feel like this is a pull. I feel like this is what I'm meant to do. And I find that energy of just following your heart's calling allows you to go through not only the challenges to learn the lessons, but allows you to go through with a lot more gratitude, a lot more ease, a lot more yeah. grace, no matter what happens, you know this and you're just trusting that it's all happening for you and you, you yeah. can live that. It's not just intellectual, but you can live it when it's coming from that place. And one thing that I wanted to ask is after going to, Joe Dispenza's workshops and, and doing all these meditations for, for six hours a day, all these different things. You know, one thing that you highlighted um, was this, just having this vision for your life, creating your life mm. and this vision. How does all this wrap into yeah. someone who wants to cultivate a vision for themselves and sort of start creating and ask themselves that question of how good can life get? How can you, how can you tie all this into what you are, uh, what you experienced on, in Mexico? Yeah. You know, I think that number one, when we're in the state of survival, so for everybody that's in the hustle and the grind and you're in a season of burnout or exhaustion or overwhelm, that brainwave pattern is not the time to cultivate and create and have a vision for the future. When you're in survival, this is kind of the byproduct of living stressed out in the grind is you never can see real clearly into the future because everything is about getting through the day, 
is about threats that are coming in, imagined or real. And so it's a very contracted way of existing. It's manic, it's frantic. We've all been there, myself included. I know what this feels like. And it's exhausting. And you just feel like you go to bed depleted and you wake up depleted and, and there's never enough time of the day. And I think that what I've learned is when we can take that state of being and downshift, like if that's fifth gear, our foot is all the way on the pedal, hundred miles an hour. If we can take that and slow down, and this is a risk and I get it. Um, but when we can have that moment of courage to slow down, to pause, to recognize that that is not going to give us what we want. And this is, this is something you can cultivate through mindfulness, through um, having a coach, a therapist, doing meditation, which I highly value and recommend. All of a sudden, we can kind of turn off that survival brain and we can enter into the part of our brain that suddenly is able to picture and imagine and to visualize who and what we want to experience in the world, who we want to be, what we want to create. And those creative centers of our brain light up and turn back on. And all of a sudden, we can open up to possibility, to potential that we, we haven't seen before. And this is the gift of being able to go up before we go out. We're getting and receiving messages that we don't necessarily see when we're in states of survival and stress. And so to me, when we can start to cultivate a future that is so compelling, that, that feels like the emotional payoff is so high, that lights us up, that, that gets us excited, that just is drawing us into it. To me, that picture, we have to be able to have that in order to ever experience it in the now. And the cool thing is, is that the more we focus on where it is that we're headed and we let go of what we're focusing on the past, our past drama or trauma or whatever, and the more we can shift to focus on our future, we draw our bodies to it. Or in another way, in the quantum way, it's drawn to you. And so all of a sudden, how you think, what you're dreaming of, what you're imagining begins to become your life. And the more in meditation, you can act as if that's already true, already happening, practicing it ahead of time, embodying it ahead of time. All of a sudden you wake up and you go, oh my God, this is my life. Like I manifested this, this came true. And it's that cultivation, that focus, you know, where your energy, where your focus goes, energy flows. To me, the gift of having a vision is inevitably by default, you walk into it. Totally. I, I found myself writing down some questions during, during this call. And I was like writing down notes of like things to remember. Cause there's just so much wisdom in there that I want to, that I want to come back to. Yeah. So this has been not only valuable, obviously for the listeners, but for me as well, there were some subtle reminders in here that I need to remind myself time and time and time again, uh, no matter how much you meditate and no matter how many times you can sort of have the mindfulness practices, there's always some subtle things that sneak in and, and yeah. just the reminders day in, day out of what you can, you know, of who and what you are of really what matters most in life and, uh, and some deeper truths. I think that deeper truth and that deeper wisdom um, needs to be not only understood and lived, but also applied into our life. And so no doubt everyone who's listening here can start to see where they can incorporate more of this feminine energy, start to become more aware of who and what you are 
and then applying that into a life that you're excited to create and that whole shift. I think that's where we're going. It's exciting for me to, to realize that more and more people are catching on to this. So where can, where can people find out more about you and your work, your content? How can they, uh, where, where can they visit? Yeah. So if you just go to maryhyatt.com, you will find everything there from my one-on-one coaching to my online membership. I also have a podcast called the Living Fully Alive podcast. And of course, on all the social media sites, but the best place to find all of that and more is maryhyatt.com. Gotcha. Very cool. Anything else you want to add? Anything that's flowing through? Anything that you can... uh wrap on this with a little bit of a cherry on top that can make this, make this conversation feel complete? Gosh, I, I think for me, it's just for, women, the, for the women that are listening, you know, I think we've had a lot of conversation around um, men bringing in more femininity, but I think for women, I think it's important to remember that we've also been taught a false sense of what it means to be a woman. And so I would encourage all of the female listeners to begin to investigate and do some work around where you've kind of been playing into that false feminine and begin to open up and get curious about what does it look like to truly embody your feminine, your femininity. And, you know, um, I just welcome that inquiry of asking ourselves, what does it mean for me specifically? I think this is unique for all of us. What does it look like for me to embrace my true femininity and just see what shows up as you begin to explore that? Awesome. Actually do it. Everyone listening, actually, actually sit do down it. and do it. <laughs> you'll, get a, you'll get a lot of insights and a lot of downloads and a lot of, a lot of wisdom flow through when you sit in science and like you described, get out of that scarcity survival mindset where, you know, things are just haywire and where, where we totally, totally not focus on what, what's aligned. But Mary, this has been incredible. Obviously plenty of wisdom. Um, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for what you're doing in the world as well. You're just heightening consciousness and helping people not only achieve more, but do it in a very, very conscious way mm. and in a way that feels aligned and in a way that allows them to follow their heart. I'm aligned with that message and that, that, uh, that mission as well. So I want to thank you for being here and I want to just, just thank you for sharing your wisdom with the audience. Mm, thank you so much for having me and thank you for all the work that you're doing as well. You are an amazing human being and I'm honored to, to get to share this space with you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships. So together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups And you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.